Fantastic, strange, and science fictional. I'm your host, Matt, with my friends. I'm Bert. I'm Katie. Uh, we're back into a consistent schedule of podcasting, mostly, anyway. Uh, how y'all doing this week? I am working a lot, and it's awful. I've got depression. Uh, let's see, what have I been getting into this week? Nothing I can talk about without crying, so we'll just pass. Pass. Next question, please. I'm furnishing my apartment with crappy IKEA furniture, but I'm really excited to like settle in more. So that's my goal for this week. Do you have the light that has like five lights on it? No, no. Um, I I think I got rid of that when I was moving on my dorm room in college. The IKEA. I do need to get like ambient lights and stuff like that, but that's a ways down the line. So speaking of shitty things that you wish you could throw in the trash. It's this uh, movie. I actually have a listener question. <laughs> no, before, we, before we dive into lambasting this beautiful film, uh, I have a listener question this week. Are you guys saying you didn't like this week's movie? Hey, hey, hey focus. Listener question. <laughs> yes. Um, this is from, ironically, Katie. Katie asked the cast, who's your favorite strong female character? And it's all caps for the strong female character part. Oh, this is actually a really good question. I think my favorite strong female character uh, are the series of strong female characters that Kate Beaton created in her comic, Hark of Agrant. They're my absolute favorite. Um, I'm pretty sure that if you just like look up Kate Beaton's strong female characters, you could just read like these like few strips that she did, and they're perfect in every conceivable way. Yeah, Kate Beaton's awesome. My favorite is probably Hillary Rodham Clinton. Um... <laughs> 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 to it. <laughs> Nevertheless, she persisted. No, uh, that's Elizabeth Warren, isn't it? I don't. So I think my favorite actually, okay, my favorite actual strong female character is uh, Major Kusanagi from the anime of uh, Ghost in the Shell, not the Scarlett Johansson abomination. Are you taking back your Kate Beaton answer? No, I'm like ad- oh, adding to it. it. Oh, okay. Yeah, There's multiples. Um, yeah. well, geez. Then I have to add on to Hillary. Uh, no, you don't. Chelsea. <laughs> Matt, you fine. go. F- I'll go try to edit this out. Matt, you go first. I have to go through the Clinton bloodline. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's an unborn one there, isn't there? Oh, God. Isn't there another one coming? They're, they're always coming. All That's the time. <laughs> it's like Arnold. I think I would say Linda Hamilton in T2 is like up there. I like Drummer in the Expanse, like for like more current things. It's definitely mm. Kara McGee as Drummer from the Expanse. Like she is fucking badass. And if you didn't see, haven't seen her speech in season three, I think, uh, where she calls all the Belta Loda. Um, oh my god, that's that's fucking awesome. Uh, but Linda Hamilton, I think, is like an iconic piece of like strong female characters that like existed before that was a thing like before like, the 90s and joss whedon really commercialized that thing and so she was just kicking ass and it was awesome i still haven't had enough time to think i feel like it would be from like a book i read somewhere uh no i'm just looking around the room which isn't gonna help uh i mean it's not fair to say that the book i'm writing that's illegal it's against the mm, rules it is, yeah. uh I don't know. I mean, it, I feel like the cop-out answer is, like, you know, Ripley from Alien and Aliens and Alien 3. So let's just go what with about that. Alien Resurrection? The no. most badass strong female character. Is, isn't the protagonist Winona Ryder? Mm, I don't think so. I honestly don't remember because... And I don't want to remember. I'm also making fun of the fact that Joss Whedon wrote Alien Resurrection. Yeah, and the strong female character is his capital B brand. He's horrible. 
Lady and Hereditary is not a protagonist, is she? Maybe she is. Ooh, oh, sure. I mean, the it's mo- strong female character, not pro- uh, strong female protagonist, so... The mom and the Babadook, probably. So, like, strong female character is usually, like, action-type yeah, movies, right? Like, that's still, like, a, I feel like, like, sort of exploitative. Yeah, I feel like I haven't... Honestly, I haven't seen enough action movies with strong female protagonists. Uh, You know, or strong female characters. You know, there's, like... The, the ones that spring to mind are Mad Max, Fury Road, and Alien. And outside of that... Mm-hmm. Uh, Furious is a really good one. Outside of that, though, I can't think of too many. Yeah, there's Linda Hamilton, I guess. But everybody likes Arnie in that. I feel like Arnie is like quote the quote-unquote main character of that movie. But, you know. Mm, the T2? Yeah. That's a discussion for a later time. Sure, we'll save it. There's also Jupiter Jones. Oh, boy. Let's get in. You're the perfect hunting machine. Fearless. Relentless. You've been searching for one thing your whole life. And she's down there. Make sure this is the right one. It's her. Good. Kill her. Who are you? I'm here to help you. It can be difficult for people from underdeveloped worlds to hear that their planet is not the only inhabited planet. Your Majesty, Cain was the best soldier I ever went into battle with. If she's what you say she is, we're not getting off this planet without a fight. Your Earth is a very small part of a very large industry. That was the trailer for Jupiter Ascending. I will own that I'm a big fan of this awful movie for some reason. Uh, Bert and Katie, what do you think of it? Um, is there a way to play like a remix like air horn over like my response here? I'll see what I can do. I got the MTG okay. file. It's cool. <laughs> um, <clears throat> God, this movie was an intersection of like the worst of a lot of stuff like i i kind of wanted to draw like this nice diagram of like um twilight and star wars and the matrix and i don't know however many other movies they basically plagiarized here um maybe i guess underworld um yeah underworld let's say underworld as well anyway and like here's this movie in the middle that's just totally doing the jack off motion like <laughs> just <laughs> slow jerking <laughs> that's that's how i felt about this movie so hmm so you did not like the movie that's <laughs> what i'm taking from no this. no sir i did not care for it no. uh gee what do you think bert thought of jupiter ascending everybody um, i bet he loved it critical acclaim yeah uh this movie was ass so i just remember when this came out i don't know i was kind of excited about watching it because first of all so the the two reactions i got to this movie was like it's ludicrous on scales you wouldn't even imagine so we're talking like battlefield earth territory you know where it's like so yes it's like ooh, cool and then also it was like it's kind of sad because it's an original idea. It was written by the Wachowskis. It's not an adaptation of anything. We don't have enough original ideas anymore in Hollywood. <laughs> this didn't do original ideas any favors. Now, I would like to. Yeah, I, know, I would yeah. like to correct the record, okay? Because because these days we have all kinds of remakes and adaptations and sequels and whatever nonsense, okay? But we need to put a stop to people filming their fan fiction because that's what the fuck this is this is somebody's this is the wachowski's fucking weird ass fanfic including okay, the what dude. universe though i don't give a shit it is it is not fiction it is fan fiction it has a werewolf dude who grows wings at the end okay it's so fucking like we i i made it an hour through and we were talking about it and i just dropped in the dm i'm like Wachowskis are 50 fucking years old. They're 50. Like, yes. it's too... Doesn't mean that they didn't go back through their high school <sighs> journals and they're like, oh man, look at this. Look at yeah. this great material I've Like, got. I would understand if 
some fucking teenage high school girl wrote a fanfic like this and they made a movie out of it. Whatever. But like, fucking 50-year-olds who wrote The Matrix? Come on. Well, I don't know if they wrote The Matrix. So I would like to say that, for the record, early on when we started doing this podcast, mm-hmm. when Jupiter's Ending was mentioned, I said, oh yeah, the movie with the corn porp. And y'all are just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, corn porp, it's in there. And like, I'm fucking dying laughing. And like, you are all like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So I thought I was this. losing my mind. <laughs> for the record, corn porp was in the fucking movie. Porp? Like porpoise? Corn porp. Corn porp. Corn porp. Also, <laughs> also an on. elephant man. Wait, can you say corn porp like you've just experienced a huge loss? In- <laughs> we need more takes of corn porp. That's all I'm saying. Corn porp. <laughs> okay, but elephant man, what? what? He's on the ship. He's a, he's one of the the um, helmsmen. Okay. Yeah, it's total Star Wars. Is that what you're talking about with corn porp? No, that was the scene where the bureaucrat bot 5000 was trying to negotiate expediting something or other, and he, like, tries to bribe him. But, like, it, he's saying it he in, like, the language. He gives him, like, like ten language. C's, yeah. Oh, does he say corn right. porp? He says corn porp, but it's <laughs> subtitled. It's subtitled as how much will it cost, but, like, I go was back reading and, watch and it. I wasn't, I give you, now I, oh, God, now I have to fucking pull this file up again. I mean, oh, the DVD corn. that I legitimately purchased, I have to put it back in and watch to that point. I'm pretty sure I can just find a video clip, but, like, it's just, like, him... <laughs> Don't forget to rewind your DVD, Bert. It's just, like, him, like, leaning in, whispering, corn porp. Um, so let's run around the plot of this movie. <laughs> the plot of this movie... Hold on. Stop. Okay. You're gonna talk about the plot of this movie? Yes, I am. Hold on. No, we're gonna be here all day. Hold so, on. I want to see you... how many proper nouns there are in this, in this fucking... Description. Jupiter Jones One. is the genetic restoration, reincarnation uh-huh. of a capitalist royal that owns the galaxy. And entitled Earth. to. She discovers that she is the genetic reincarnation of this lady by hooking up with Channing Tatum, who is a half man, half dog, not called a mog. Unfortunately, so for this bad. film, he's called a Lycantent Three. <laughs> I like I like Mog better. Okay. Um, and uh, they discover that the antagonist or one of them uh, is planning on harvesting Earth. These royals get rich by harvesting planets full of humans and selling their uh, basically the human version of stem cells. That keep them young forever. Uh, they overcome and defeat the bad guy. There's lots of explosions. Hold on. Hold on. And that's back, it. You gotta back up. Why, nope. why? How? Yes, you do. Why is Jupiter Jones relevant to any of these plans at all? Because she's the genetic reincarnation, like I said before. Why, why does that matter towards the guy's plan to harvest the Earth? Because she owns the Earth. Okay. So can't she just be like, you can't do that because I own this? Yes, but she has to go through an elaborate sequence, which is my favorite sequence of the film, to prove her rightful lineage, which is a Terry Gilliam homage. Oh, God, that's one of the worst sequences in the film. I'm so confused. Look, okay, even beside that, though, what I'm getting at is that... <sighs> I guess I'm just going to start... Let's start the let's yeah. start the Burt rant engine. Okay, all that Mia as, Kunis... As, as I described it to people in our DM chat... I am a big, swarthy, sweaty man, uh, just covered in coal dust, shoveling it into the giant Burt engine of ranting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, careful. That's that sounds like fanfic. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's Mia Kunis has three things she does in this room in this movie at different times. So a third of the time, she is standing in a room while other people talk about things. Um, uh, the, the second third of the time she is falling and probably screaming. Sure. The other third, um, she is doing character. No, she's talking bad mistake. No, she is doing some kind of contract slash negotiation slash, um, discussion of rules with somebody in space. She's also the recipient of a lot of exposition. Well, that's because she's doing contract slash negotiation slash 
whatever fucking nonsense is occurring. And that's literally all she does. No, she also talks about how, like, she'll never be in love because her mother traumatized her to how she views love, but then also immediately falls in love with this, this, uh, what did I describe him as? Literal angel werewolf eyeliner bad boy. That's the one scene where she's flirting with the oh, dog there's so man. much Hot Topic built in that one Which character. Which is... Yes, oh my god. <laughs> That's the one scene where she's flirting with Channing Tatum, which is... Oh, man. Woof, pun she intended. She flirts with him a lot. She flirts with him a lot, but like it, we're supposed to believe that she's awkward about it, because she's like, I like dogs. I literally just got gassy re- like reciting that she flirted with him. It was so uncomfortable <laughs> and awful in every way and also she's like every guy i ever fall in love with doesn't like me and i'm like since when like i mean i guess that's that might be true but i don't know but she anything also about she you didn't fall in love she's like oh love isn't real it's probably like something like she said something like really like dismissive like that so it's just like what make up your mind lady do you never fall in love or do you only make bad decisions i mean like- up until we find out she's the end-all be-all of the entire universe All I know about her is that she hates being a maid. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's her character. Which is, I mean, to be fair, I'm sure we would all hate being maids. But, like, there's nothing to her at all. And So it's just like, yeah, she's just made for rich people. And instead of, like, wanting to overthrow the ruling class because of, like, fucked up disparity, she gets space Cinderella'd. Um... And that, I guess, solves all of her problems. But, that's, see, that's what, like, there's so many things about this film that are interesting to me in weird ways. In the sense of, yes, yeah, she becomes space Cinderella, but at the end, she embraces not being space Cinderella. Like, she goes back to but her... But she still has listen, boots and a boyfriend. It's true. The, that's true. Totally true. Her but, like, decision at the end is the only strong action she takes the entire movie, and also, like... The only reason this movie isn't worse than 2012, the absolute worst movie we've done for the show. So props to that, I guess. But it's also like maybe a minute max that she makes that decision. Now, I will note that in a Democrat centralist sort of organizational structure for this podcast, Taming the T-Rex would be the second worst movie. Absolutely not, sir. (laughs) Centralism? You are outvoted. (laughs) I'm the dictator, though. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, he's the Eddie Redmayne in this movie. Uh, oh, my God. I want to talk about Eddie, Eddie Redmayne. Redmayne. I love him. I love him in this movie. He has exactly two settings. He's either a, a whisper boy or a yell man. Yes. Like, that's it. He and has only two settings. That's another thing about this, this movie was when Find I came to this her. movie, every review I read was like... <laughs> Eddie Redmayne is torching his career, and he's a disaster in this movie, and he's absolutely horrible. Listen, I wish everybody in this movie was doing as fucking bang-up of a job as Eddie Redmayne is. <laughs> that dude is off the deep end. He is just... Oh, I'm he is chewing scenery so good. Talking like this, and then I say a word loudly! And then I go back down to this. And I'm like, I love this! He's doing something! And then I have to watch... Mia Kunis stand in a room and go, oh, space, it's weird. Is anybody else finding this weird? And I'm like, oh, God, please. And Channing Tatum's, like, gritting his teeth. And, uh, oh, it's well, such a waste. Uh, can we talk about, like, how Channing Tatum's gun sounded like a barking dog <laughs> from the Jingle Bells dog song? That's all I heard. I was about to, like every time like I heard it in quick succession, I like put on the Jingle Bells dog song. I didn't notice it until sound- you shot it in the DM, and then the whole movie, I'm like, oh my god, it goes, it goes like Marf! every time he shoots it. It's my favorite part of the movie because it's just like, is it because he's a like and he can only have dog guns? Like they have a scene where Eddie Redmayne, where when she he rescues her from the hospital, and Eddie Redmayne comes and he's like, I will watch this, and he's like, slow, and he slows down the scene. It's so Channing Tatum's in slow motion shooting the dog and like, <laughs> in slow motion. <laughs> uh, I wish every scene had this dog gun, like that was maybe I guess doing like. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> auditory assaults or something like imagine like <clears throat> imagine the kind of the bold psychological warfare that would come into only playing the jingle bells dog song loudly to everyone in your surroundings 
What's what's Channing Tatum's name in this in this movie? Oh God, Kane, Kane, Kane uh, Kane Wise, Kane Wise. Holy really shit! Smart, don't you get it? A fanfic name, if I've ever heard. But anyway, so we need to have Kane's gun, which is like Chekhov's gun, except it just barks. That's all it does. <laughs> <laughs> I also love like Sean Bean's character. Oh yeah, describing the B man. Uh, the B-Man. You mean um, Stinger love... Avicii or whatever the fuck his name uh, is? A-Pini. Stinger Apini. <laughs> yeah, Stinger Apini. <laughs> what? Uh, do a fake Listen, Italian listen, stop criticizing <laughs> my, create, my uh, intro freshman year creative writing short story. Thank you. I am a Stinger Apini. I no longer have the wings. I think one of my favorite, like, this is clearly a fanfic moment, is like when... Sting of the is is describing like why the dog bark gunman is such a loner, and I, like my favorite thing that I wrote down here is just like half albino question mark question mark question mark, <laughs> and why? Like he, why do you need to like say that? He's like, oh, it's a. I like it. Like, he's a dog boy. He needs his dog boy family to feel whole. Also, he's half albino something or other. Like, what? <laughs> what? This is... What is this fucking word diarrhea that's happening? <laughs> I feel like it's like when... It's like when you watch, like, a movie like The Hottie and the Naughty or something, and they get some, like, insanely attractive, like, actress, and then they put, like, really huge horn-rimmed glasses on her, and they put a horrible wig, and they're like, ah... <laughs> They're not beautiful, they're ugly. You got to, like, Channing Tatum, and you put, like, these <laughs> ridiculous-ass ears on him and makeup and eyeliner, and then you're like, ah, but he's a dog, and he's also oh, an albino, and... Half albino. Half, he's a half-bino, whatever. It's so ridiculous, like... It, I like that, yeah, well, this is, like, this whole, like, like character creation was just, like, all right, and they need to have a conventionally hot babe, but, like, I don't know... Make the ears weird. Just fuck up the ears real bad. Character creation is the exact term. It feels like somebody hit random <laughs> in Skyrim. Here. <laughs> what if, like, Ugh. you also could fuck the ears is, like, what was going on with a lot of the design choices here. I do love so. a, a lot of the costuming in this film because the costume the costu- yeah. is reflective, I think, of the film as a whole in the sense that it's full of useless ornamentation like everything about this is too much this is the baroqueness of a sci-fi film if you would film no one, it's like, not even baroque like, it's it's gaudy it like, reminds me i mean the artist's gaudy yeah <laughs> it's it's like an heir to the fifth element almost to me not oh, as good man, no see the but thing about the fifth it, element it, it is... has that spirit it has that spirit and i think you nailed it but it's the it's fanfic and that is exactly what the fifth element was. It was written by a child, no, a teenager. Man. It's like, this is going to be awesome. No. This is the yeah. same spirit. Here's the thing about the fifth element, though. In the fifth element, people just show up in wacky outfits. And they don't even mention it. They're just in crazy, wacky outfits. Here, there's three different scenes where they're like, Mia Kunis, you have to go change so you can be in another outfit. And then she's in another outfit in the next. It's like, yes, we get it. There's a wardrobe change. Like fuck off like you don't even have to draw attention to it everybody looks ridiculous it's fine like i have so many questions from this movie and the funny thing is the movie spends like more than half of its time trying to explain things to me or at least throw proper nouns at me until i until i just get a headache (laughs) like fucking i have a quote from from fucking stinga apini uh yeah it's during the alpine he says it, quote, the splicer that bred him had to sell him to the Legion for a loss. What the fuck is that supposed to mean to me? I don't know what any of these words mean. It, uh, <laughs> and he's just talking about the entitled and the fucking genotype or whatever. I'm like, dude, like, I'm 30 minutes into this movie. You're telling me how bees are all, like, respectful towards monarchy or whatever. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. I think I think bees would be very anti-fascist. But this movie doesn't even, it doesn't, like, it's so busy throwing nouns at me and, like, ridiculous nonsense that, like, like, it doesn't even explain basic things. Like, it it totally hand waves away. It's like, okay, well, we had a chase sequence that was totally pointless, like, in a big spaceship where a bunch of buildings blew up. Because, essentially, they just get, they just end up in a car anyway. It doesn't matter. 
And then he's, she's like, everybody's going to know those buildings were blown up. And he's like, oh, they blank. Look, they blank everybody's memories. Like, fuck off. Like, what's the point then? Like, what am I even watching? And Channing Tatum's just driving the car. He's a fucking dog man from like planet Asterio or whatever the fuck name of planet you make up. Like, why is he driving a car? How does he even know how to do that? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what universe I do think am I that, in? Like, this the 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 worst parts of this film for me as someone who kind of enjoyed it um, are the action sequences. They feel extremely pointless and like that's the worst part for you. They're really bad. I mean, they are bad. I'm not gonna lie. To me, like there's there's this super expansive world that I kind of want to explore more of. I want to I want to know more. Like you you look at that stuff you're like, "What the fuck? Do I need to know that? What the hell's going on?" I'm like, "No, I, I look at it. Learn more about no, that. I I look at it like I definitely do not need to know this. Like it's it's definitely not something I need to know, but they keep bringing the it plot. up. They keep saying stupid words that don't matter and I'm like, "Stop saying it." And then I think my favorite action scene in this movie is where they they're trying to stop the wedding. So to stop the wedding, they have to play Star Fox 64 together. Like, <laughs> they literally. Oh, no. My favorite thing part about the wedding was the dial up wedding band. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like using like a tablet or whatever to like, to like encircle her hand with the equivalent of a ring for some reason. And also, but also, you know, like this is insane technology, but also it takes five minutes to do. So, like, what's the fucking purpose? Like, ugh, there's so much in this movie that's just, like, I I think it, it's clearly just an aesthetic thing. A terrible yeah. aesthetic thing. <laughs> but I think that's, that, that does also lead to the incoherence of it. The sense that, like, because if there's a very thinly or weirdly construed critique of capitalism in it, but it's in this, like, context of i mean even that is incoherent you know yeah because in the context of a a a monarchy a royalist sort of government system capitalism doesn't work in a monarchy it's not how it works this is like a crazy person just babbling at you on the street like 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 no this is this is tumblr sci-fi this is what (sighs) it's like that it's like that image of uh thomas jefferson you know, the cartoon Thomas Jefferson? Steampunk Thomas Jefferson. No, no, the Tumblr one where they have, like, purple hair oh. and they're non-binary and they also, like... Oh, my God, yeah. It's like that. Like, you just keep reading it. You're like, what the fuck am I reading? Like, who would do this? There. Okay, a, a good example of this, like, with the wedding thing. So so one of these one of these heirs to, to Jupiter Jones's genetic predecessor, I guess... They call her mother. It's so fucking confusing. I guess she's a reincarnation of their mother. So Correct. one of these... Who who the son married. Yes. yes. That's where I'm trying to go. So that guy wants to marry her. Incest vibes. So he wants to marry her so he can kill her. points in fanfic column, by the way. Sure. So he wants to marry her so he can kill her so that he can have the earth. Right? Yep. Okay. So he takes her downstairs and he explains like... Oh, downstairs. She, he takes her this big stupid thing with all the... Um, they find all this. They they harvest goo from people that can make you like immortal, basically, as long as you keep taking the goo. So he's like, "Look, it took a hundred humans to make this." And then he's like, "Oh, I have a question to ask you." And he pulls out a fucking future engagement ring because it's like got I don't know because it looks sci-fi. And he's like, "Will you marry me?" And then like I swear to God, not even five minutes later, he's like, "Ah, yes." Well, you see, marriage in this context is just contractual. I don't even really understand, like, your marriage. I'm like, you're doing the exact same things they do on Earth to marry people. Like, you literally, he he came short of (laughs) kneeling down, and he said, will you marry me? And pulled out a ring in a box, but he doesn't understand our Earth customs. Like, what the fuck? In the 1910s, the De Beers Corporation was like, (laughs) oh. He's like, this is great for our contractual status. Like, Humans are so inventive. Uh, I mean, he could... He's probably just lying, but it's also just like movie. Like, just get your story straight. Like, like. Yeah, no, there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of fitting the puzzle pieces together. It's just kind of like a cool bunch of puzzle pieces that are all on the floor scattered, and they're really pretty though. <laughs> they're really. I'm. 
It's like 14 flower garden puzzles all jumbled together. I mean, it's... Lovely. So that's another Beautiful thing. Is like, is this movie... That might be art, though. This is not art. Is this movie that pretty? Like, really? I mean, yes. Like, a bunch of people blew a lot of money on CGI for this movie. Sure. But, like, I just feel like I'm watching a video game most of them. I mean, yeah, video games can be... I See, I distance pretty and looking good. It It, it looks professionally done. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, I don't find I it aesthetic. I like, for a, a Wing Commander movie. But that's not pretty. Like, that's that's something you put on your computer and eat chips while you play. Like, it's not pretty. It's just P.S. impressive. Wing Commander film eventually will be a review here, I promise. Oh, God. Look, <clears throat> what, other, what other notes do I have on this travesty? Uh, <sighs> I love the nod to aliens, like, did it uh, as far as, like, the crop circle goes. Love that ancient, like the ancient, ancient aliens ancient things. Yeah, yeah, I could have sworn they were gonna pan out when they had the big cornfield banner, and be like, "Look, a crop circle, everybody! Do you get it?" They did. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe they actually did that, though. Um, the Brazil thing—it's so fucking bad, dude. It's so bad. Why is it in this movie? It's just so like, it's like that to me is actually the part that sucked me in the most because I'm I'm trying to rack my brain to figure out. How can there be this system of royalty that exists in the completely known universe? Like, as far as we know, there's no actual aliens. Like, there, every, all those sort of things we encounter are a mixture of, like, human species or spliced species together, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's no alien civilizations to fight or argue with. This is all humans. And even Jupiter and her royal family are also all humans. So, how. And why does there exist this bureaucratic apparatus that is so strong that the royals can't just be like, oh, it's, I don't care. Dude, I know exactly why. It's because the fucking Wachowskis want to fucking crank off about Brazil. Like, literally, they're about to show up and they're like, aha, I can't stand those bureaucrats over on that planet. And they show up and it's like fucking, it's just Brazil. And then fucking Terry Gilliam shows. I'm like, yeah, I get it. You fucking, it's fan service. Like, why is this in here? Because somebody's like, ah, I saw Brazil. It's like, yeah, I saw it too. I'm not going to like, I don't know. Like, do you want, do you want a fucking we're, we're cookie? We're writing fanfic here. We're writing fanfic here. <laughs> and then fucking. I am going to find, I'm going to choose my favorite, favorite movies and TV shows and include them in my fanfic. It's like when you're a kid and you like, I don't know, you you're making a sandwich, so you put everything on the sandwich. Yeah, that's exactly it's how I It's disgusting. <laughs> I will put horseradish and jalapenos and sharp cheddar and pepper jack in the 50 same years old. They're 50. Collectively, they're over a century old. You're adults, damn it. Come on. <laughs> this movie isn't for kids either. I, who is this movie for? Was this Was this PG-13? Yes. <laughs> for teens. It was for a Hot Topic teens. Oh my god. Do you... It's the only thing okay. that makes sense when you think that about it. That means... It's true. Mila Kunis is like from Family Guy, so you like have like... She's already pre-Hot Topic. She's from Family Guy? I thought she's from that 70s show. She, yeah. She was on she's, Family she's Guy? The voice of, she's the voice of Meg. God, thank god I don't watch Family Guy. Uh, yes. I have sins during college to repent for. <laughs> Go on. I, just watched, I watched Family Guy at one point. That's my sin. Okay, but like... Okay, do you think Mia Kunis is is Mila? Do you think Mila Kunis is bad in this movie? Like she's a bad actress? No, I, I can't so. even tell because the problem is the material she's given is yeah, yeah. so bad. But like, I don't know. Even when she's given lines, she just stands around in a room and looks like vaguely nonplussed. Like it's like the, the fucking werewolf guy showed up with rocket boots and you're fucking and took you to a warehouse and you passed out and she's just like, okay. This is weird. I'm like, what the fuck? What is happening? Like, she doesn't freak out at any point in time. I think, like, the most emotional she gets at any point is when her family gets captured. And again, the best part of the movie is when her family gets captured and she basically says... Because emotional stakes. Yeah, and she finally goes, yeah, you can kill my family because it'll save everybody else on the planet. Cool, that's something. And Eddie Redman goes, oh, you're not allowed to do... You know, and I'm like... <laughs> this is so good. He's the only... Like, I don't understand how people gave him shit for this. He's the only good thing going on. Like, I I know he's this horrible. Very cool spaceship designs. They are very Star Foxy, though. I will give you. You can't even really pay attention to them. It's just... 
It's all gleep. I didn't say they look like Star Fox, did I? Oh. I did. Birthday. I said they had a Star okay. Fox bed because there's like a wave of cubes that they have to blow up or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more oh thinking of just like yeah, non, right. non-connected and fucking Stinger, hexagonal shapes. Stinger is over here like, oh no, my, my wing went out. And he's like, father, help Stinger me like a, that too. Pe- <laughs> Stinger a peeny. You have to say it in an Italian accent. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's uh, <laughs> Stinger. Uh, now there is something to be said though and I think that this does relate to real life sort of depictions of capitalism if we think of like Peter Thiel um, in the sense of like one of the lines no, no seriously what? one of the lines of the film is time is the most precious commodity in the universe yeah that's a nice concept that isn't used at all in the movie that's it's so tangential but no, no, that's exactly that's no that's it though like that's like the altered carbon type thing where it's like they are persisting by killing other people so and like extracting like their literal life force from them to, to uh, do that like that's like soylent green is people time is people everything is actually but peter teal like actually like peter teal is an actual billionaire <clears throat> that like is interested in this as a concept too so like that's yeah. like it's like weird sort of intersection well, between like well it's like transhumanism yeah yeah almost a critique of capitalism that works but all, it still doesn't because of this like whole like monarchy kind but of there thing. is no urgency in this movie to stop it until her family gets kidnapped literally no one cares it's just in the background for the entire movie until the end of the movie when suddenly it's a problem because we have 40 minutes left for some reason and then you know see <laughs> see i liked it i liked the squabbling royal houses trying to uh, develop things and uh, sell it for profit when it was called Dune. I didn't like it when it was called Dune. <laughs> I wish David Lynch was doing something else. But like, look, the 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 thing is, is the motivation of the plot is is to get the MacGuffin, and the MacGuffin in this case is Jupiter Jones. Is Jupiter. She is just pin pinballing around the movie, like falling and getting rescued over and over i lost count of how many times channing tatum catches her it gets so old and like she never does she can't even drive her own car for god's sake no bert bert (laughs) we have to ask now how does channing tatum catch her so often because he has rocket boots or whatever and he's a werewolf how does he use those rocket boots i i don't know he skates so no he 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 rollerblades on yeah so that's badass. It's not badass. No, that's really bad. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> What's okay? Hover boots, but you still got to do the roller blade. Really, I really need to get a concise. Here, okay, so here's another thing. You brought up how like you were really interested in how the bureaucracy affects the royals and da da da. I'm like, dude, I don't know how you can care at that point in the like, like the the lore of this movie. The minute it kicks in, you're just it just slides off your brain. It's like I I don't care. Why do I care? They're throwing nouns at me. They're saying entitled and skyjackers and and genotype and fucking whatever. And you're just your brain goes, oh god, I don't I don't care. I bet the, I bet the Wachowskis were reading a lot of YA fan like a lot of YA novels. This feels like a YA this. novel. It feels like it feels like reading one. See, here's the thing. Like if you watch like the Hunger Games. It's not like a direct adaptation, so it's like it's like somebody said this wouldn't work in a movie, so let's make a movie out of it. This feels like reading one of those stupid books. It's like I shouldn't say stupid. It feels like reading one of those terrible books. It's like, ugh, it's just a bunch of mishmash of crap that you know the Tumblr teens will like for some reason. I don't know because he gets the wings at the end. He does. Why? Now he's a werewolf he lost them with for wings. Some reason. He has rocket boots. What do you need wigs for? Maybe see that's the thing too. It's like trying to track down the influences of this movie is like was it an RPG? Was it a YA book? You know what? The- was it fanfic? Because like all those are plausible reasons for this because the wings are totally part of the backstory as you write down your RPG character and be like, well, he has They keep talking <laughs> about them. He has the high scene strength. With- the because scene with Stinga Peeny, that scene, he keeps going on and on about his wings that he used to have. I'm like, dude, I don't even know you, and I don't care. Please shut up about your wings. I don't even know what they do. He's just like, I used to have wings, and then yeah. they took them away from me. And I'm like, I don't care, dude. You're in a house full of bees and on Earth. Who cares like about your stupid wings anymore? 
the closest like movie the the closest analogy that I can draw in in terms of films to this movie is the Phantom Menace. It's like the exact same thing. It's the exact it's because it's all like occasionally we have action scenes, action scenes quote huge quotes and like chase scenes. We have some pod racing to cheer everybody up. The rest of the time, it's people talking about taxation disputes. That's what it feels like. Mila Kunis, they have a big chase scene where Mila Kunis falls a lot. And then she's talking about, like, the different roles that royalty has on planet Bajingo in the (laughs) Gleep Gloop system. Like, and then we can go back to another scene where they play Star Fox. Like... I can't believe George Lucas wasn't involved in this, honestly. Maybe he was. Maybe they saw The Phantom Menace and they're like, we could do that. We're done doing The Matrix. Let's do that instead. Let's do this 15, 16 years later. We can finally do it. Well, the Wachowski cited The Wizard of Oz and Odyssey. Oh, well. And The Odyssey as their influence in this I mean, The Wizard of Oz is incredibly... There's a point where they, they directly reference The Wizard of Oz. Um... Oh, they have the stupid monkey robots with the with the gun. It, they're literally marching. They, they they're two steps from going. Oh yo, oh! <laughs> it's like literally exact same thing. I'm like, yeah, I get it. You you saw that movie, uh, the Odyssey. I think there's also the the lizard uh, henchmen were clearly drawn from the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> yeah, most certainly. Oh God, they mm. are you talking about the the henchmen? Which one? Which henchmen? The, the, the little alien served, things? Uh, the one that served Whisper Boy slash Yellow yeah. Man. The Eddie Redmayne's main man. Oh, the lizard thing. The Koopas. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Right. They're Koopas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dragon Koopas. Everyone's got to have wings in this movie for some reason. <laughs> because it's they're, they're angels and demons, but in space. No, it's it's like somebody's deviant art. That's what you're watching on the screen. Um. Yes. Oh. The Odyssey, though, like, are they aware of how much stuff happens in the Odyssey? Like, are we sure this didn't? This whole thing didn't actually take place in Second Life. <laughs> they need some like three D dicks flying around, just. <laughs> and then I would be like, someone just like recorded a day in the life of Second Life. We're like, all right, we got our material to make a movie. Let's go. So. Didn't okay. What movies did the Wachowskis do before this movie? Well, of course, there was The Matrix. Then there was... mm. They did, like, V for Vendetta, right? Which was popular and made money, I'm sure. So, prior to Jupiter Ascending... Yeah. um, And when you think of, like, director, writer, their sort of thing... Yes. um, So, they they finished The Matrix movies uh, by 2003. Okay. Um, They were only the writers for V for Vendetta. And then the next one that, that was their major project that they took on was Speed Racer. So you and so you go Speed Racer and then into Bird's gonna be upset about this one Cloud Atlas. Okay, and then this and then this. Okay, yeah. so let me let me walk this back. And currently so, they're preparing right now for the next Matrix film. So Jesus, so Matrix Three. Okay, no one liked it. Everybody hated it. This is just the fact. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just reporting the facts. Nobody liked that shit. Okay, V for Vendetta. They wrote but did not direct. Correct. Which makes Correct. sense. It was successful, okay? Speed Racer was a bomb. I'm pretty positive. It was... Yeah, yeah. It was a box office bomb, okay? Cloud Atlas, I'm pretty sure was a essentially a bomb. Yeah, I mean, by, like, their standards. So, Cloud Atlas cost about 150 to make and made in about 130 That's, like, the definition of a bomb. That's, like, yeah, yeah. a disaster. Okay, why are we still giving the money to do this? Like, Well, you notice they're not anymore. So if you think of the Wachowski's career, they're not giving them money for anything but a Matrix film. They didn't give the money for this? Oh, they did. They did. I'm saying this one um, was This was the last straw? Okay. This one was 176 <laughs> in and then 184 out. So technically a, like a bust by Hollywood standards. Yeah, because of the marketing and all that yeah. nonsense. But, but, like, but I mean, they should have seen it coming. Like, Cloud Atlas was, like, the same shtick and then you know speed racer whatever like where are we getting this this idea that yes that's a good that's a good bet now listen i mean this is kind of hypocritical of me because i don't think studios should take should take bets on films i think they should let creators do what they do but like i mean there's no way 
the studio wasn't like, ah, the Wachowskis, they did the Matrix. Maybe we'll get another Matrix. Like, that's the only reason this probably got greenlit. That's all I can imagine. Like, Well, it's a space opera epic. You know, like, this fits into what you want a big budget thing to do. I feel like space opera epics generally don't... It's like, they're either, like, super hits or, like, really bad misses. Yeah. And... And the super hits are very, very rare. Maybe it was just a gamble. Maybe they were just like, eh, maybe everybody will love fucking Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter Ascending. Fuck off. I mean, it's clear, it's clear that they had, you know, the, the amount of stakes, I think, that you can look into all the world building in this film, to me, says that they definitely anticipated that there would be something more to come from it. Is there more to come from it? I don't think so. I fucking hope Hold not. <clears throat> you can hear me typing. The, the spin-off comic book series has probably been canceled by now. The Wachowski sisters are to direct a sequel to last year's Jupiter Ascending, it has been revealed, but with a much reduced budget. When this was that, says though? last year's. Um let me hold on. <clears throat> this is some article defending it. December fourth, two thousand eighteen. Jupiter Ascending two will have smaller budget quote. Uh the Wachowski sisters are to direct a sequel. To last year's... This is last year's, but this is 2018. Hmm. hmm. We, Lana, Lana said, we really roasted the studio on the last one. There was no way in the solar system they would put up the money to take a bath on the sequel as well. And yet we still felt that we had a story to tell. A truly compelling story. Lily. Yeah, there was no way they were going to help us out unless we cut the money right back. Mila and Channing were really cool about it. We showed them what we intended to do about the story and how we couldn't afford them anymore. And they seemed really happy. <laughs> Lana, is this fake? Hold on, is this fake? Uh, I just uh, imagine I like, like this Mila has to be fake. and being like, "We're finally released." Hold on, this has to be fake. Freed from this mortal coil. I'm. I really. Hold on. Okay, yes, this is definitely fake. Okay, so. <laughs> so I just. I can't believe you made I just recited an onion, uh, uh, not an onion article, but you know, I'm surprised they have fake fake things about Jupiter Ascending sequels on the internet. So no, hopefully never. But <laughs> The critical reception to this was very polarized. Um, polarized. It is 27% either... on, tw- on tomatoes. But like people that liked it, such as myself, seem to enjoy it a lot. Okay. And I do think, again, the last 40 minutes of action sequences are extremely boring. Hold on. I find myself very much checked out. Like you're giving this movie a thumbs up? I think you should watch it for fun. What it fun, so what fun over did you the have? Top. I mean, it is so over the top. It is so gregarious and like brashly confident in itself, which makes no sense whatsoever for what I'm seeing on the TV screen. <laughs> <laughs> it is undeserved, <laughs> but it's like, I'm here. I'm going to fucking blow your socks off. And you look at your socks on your feet still. And you're like, I don't think you did it, but it's like, but I, I was awesome. Right. And you're kind of like, Oh man, you're trying so hard. I gotta give you something. Man, I wanted this to end so bad, like an hour and a half in. I was like, please just end. Stop, please. It, it's This is a movie that's so much more fun to talk about and try to piece together than it is to yeah. watch. It is a Get together chore with your friends and family watch. after watching this movie. But dude, you Enjoy have to... It. It's, is Thanksgiving's it even, right around the corner. Check it out. It's not worth the, the work. To the two hours of time to sit there, just like, why am I doing this? It's not worth it. Like, Battlefield Earth is at least like you can just laugh at the ridiculousness as it, it's going. There's nothing. It's unambiguously bad. The this only. One is ambiguously bad. The only entertaining thing going on while you're watching that screen is fucking Eddie, Red, Eddie Redmayne talking about mother. And then it's yelling. <laughs> and it's I. If you were my mother, you'd hate me too. That's the only fun part of the. And it's in total maybe like 10 to 15 minutes. You could just go to YouTube. And pull it. Don't watch two hours of this. No. Don't do it. Please. <laughs> Katie, what's your take on it? Would you recommend this one to some friends and family? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> I would watch it only now because I'm depressed, and depressed leads me to self loathing. But beyond that, I can't imagine any other context where I'd actually want to watch this movie. Matt, you're really, you're really getting the. 
that end of the stick on all these episodes. I I, I just don't understand how. I we don't both... feel bad. I really, I unironically think there are certain things about this film that are just so, like I said, overconfident. It's gaudy. It's excessive, and I'm here for it. But this is an, it's supposed to be an anti-capitalist this is, this is like, movie. This is this and it's like so excessive and gaudy. This must be like the sci-fi nerd equivalent of watching the uh, New York Met Gala. Like, that's what this feels to me. It's just like, oh, look at the costumes. Everyone's so amazing and spectacular. How did you hate Tammy and the T-Rex? I need to... I don't understand. We watched we'll like have a, a sequel episode for Tammy and the T-Rex 2. We'll have a restorative justice circle. We'll watch it again. And we'll talk about the harms <laughs> that we've experienced. Primal scream therapy. And then we'll talk about a game plan for how to move forward. You just need to accept Tammy into, into your into your life. <laughs> I feel like a pervert if I accept Tammy. I know this felt pretty pervert. I definitely listen. When are they going to make a movie out of um? Oh, what's that fanfic? It's named after the Evanescence. Oh, My Immortal. When are they going to make a fan uh, movie out of that? Come on, the best fanfic that I don't ever know what existed. That is. Yeah. I don't want to. Oh. I don't want to read it. No, no, I don't want to. The no. greatest fanfic of all time, Harry Potter. Next week, uh, I think that'll bring us to a conclusion there. Um, we're going to watch the... Next week, we're watching the 2017 uh, anime film Your Name, also known as Kimi no Noa. And uh, yeah, I'm real excited for that one because I really love that one. And uh, looking forward to talking about that with you all. Bert and Katie, where can we all find you on social media? I am at Refreshing Time. I am retweeting iCarly out of context. Have fun. Uh, I'm at Anime Weed Fart 69 and I'm currently getting surprisingly sad for someone with that handle. So Have a great week.